Welcome to Wyoming Valley Church's podcast with Pastor Todd Walker. As we continue our series of Sermon Extras podcast, there's one aspect from 1 John chapter 4 that I want to focus on this morning because we didn't get a chance to look at it very deeply this past Sunday, and I sort of told my people that we'd elaborate on the next podcast, and so that's exactly what we're going to do. In 1 John chapter 4, I'm just going to read a couple verses. There's this one aspect that's a little confusing, and I just want to look at it for a couple moments here. And it's in verse 17 and 18 of 1 John 4, and this is what it says. John says, By this is love perfected with us, so that we may have confidence on the day of judgment. Because as he is, so also are we in the world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. Well, that's a very deep and profound thing that John is speaking about, and I feel like it needs some time to think about it, because it's, it's, it's cool and scary at the same time. Obviously, when you see words like fear, punishment, day of judgment, your heart, races, your heart is going to race a little bit as you think about those things. But honestly, as I look at this passage deeper, ironically, it's really for the opposite conclusion. It's so that you and I would have more confidence. And I'll explain here as I go along. Before I do that, I, I wonder, did you ever have fears as a child that you grew out of? Let me give you an example. When you're younger, a lot of kids are scared of the dark, right? And the dark is just kind of a scary thing. You can't see. You don't know what's there. You imagine all sort of scary monsters and things in your closet. And so I think generally most kids go through a period of their life where they're scared of the dark. And as soon as the lights go off, you want your mom and dad to come in and check the room out. And it's just kind of how it works with young kids because your imagination runs wild. But hopefully as you mature in life, you start to realize that the dark in and of itself isn't scary. Yes, there can always be scary things in the dark, but as you realize and grow up that generally the dark is fine, it's just there so you can sleep better, um, you stop being less scared of the dark. That's, a, that's one example. Um, obviously, to go along with that, that's a fear of monsters and things that you sort of uh, materialize in your own mind because you've seen them in cartoons and whatever, scary movies. But as children, we have things that we're terrified of. And I, I think of the dark, I think of monsters, I think of things like that that a lot of kids just kind of go through. I have five young children, and my young children have already evidenced fear in those two things. But hopefully as they grow up, they'll start to realize, A, monsters don't exist, not the kind they're thinking of. And uh, B, you know, the dark isn't scary in and of itself. Because they learn. They learn about life. They learn about what's what's scary, what's true, what's fake, what's make-believe. And they start to mature their understanding of things. And I think that's kind of what John is trying to pull out from here is that you and I are supposed to have a fear of God. And the reason I know that is because it's all over Scripture. We are supposed to have a fear of God. The fear of God is a good thing. God wants us to have a healthy fear of God. But what he doesn't want us to have is a fear of punishment. And you could tell that because John is trying to push away that fear with this thing called perfect love. He says perfect love casts out fear or if you will, chases it away so that it's not there anymore. It's not scary anymore. And ideally what John wants us to have is instead of fear, he wants us to mature and become confident people before God. 
confident, as it says in the passage, to stand before him on judgment day. I mean, think about that. That you're standing one day before the holy, righteous, almighty God and you're confident to look him in the eye and say, look, judge me. I, and you're not going to find perfection, of course. I needed your son, but you are going to find faithfulness and you are going to find practicing the right things and you are going to find certainly that I loved your son and I think, again, that's really what John is trying to pull out here. And so I want to pause a moment here and think about what's a real, a healthy fear of God versus an unhealthy fear of God, because I do think both exist. And I think what John is trying to do, honestly, is to drive away all fears, ultimately. And I'll explain that as I go along. But let's start with this. Let's start with the unhealthy fears of God versus the healthy fears of God. The way I explain it to my church people this past Sunday, is a right fear of God is, is, first of all, just understanding that he's holy and almighty. He's holy, he's almighty, he's in authority, he's, he's all-powerful. And I think, therefore, we just simply must have a healthy awe and respect of God, and therefore, we mustn't trifle with God. I, and I compared it this past Sunday to, you know, those railings next to Niagara Falls, and you can kind of get really close to the big waterfall and I've gone there myself, and it's a little shocking how close you can get to these really powerful waterfalls. You know, but of course there's railings there. They're trying to keep you from in, uh, any danger. But if you really wanted to, if you wanted to be a bozo and wanted to act out, and you could actually sit on those railings, you could climb up those railings and get very close and try to get, take a selfie or whatever. <laughs> um, but that would be dumb. We all know that would be dumb. Any thought process that would come into your mind to say, hey, I should do such a thing would be incredibly dumb because of the possibility for you to fall into the falls and for the falls to kill you because they're that powerful. If you fall into the falls, you're going to die. And that's kind of the fear of God that is healthy, that we should, on this side of the earth, on this side of eternity, excuse me, always have because God is almighty. God is all-powerful. God is holy and righteous. And he created the world with a word and you and I should not trifle with such a God. That's a healthy fear of God. And I don't think that's a fear we'll ever lose on the earth. I think that's a fear that will keep with us for the remainder of our lives. But I also think that John is trying to show us even that fear on the other side will dissipate, will go away. Here's another healthy fear of God. It kind of goes along with the first one. The fear that we should have if we're walking in error or if we're tempted to walk in error. Sin. If we're tempted to walk in sin and practice sin and do something we know is wrong, we should have a healthy fear of God at that moment because of the first fear we just mentioned. Because God is holy, he's righteous, he's almighty, he detests sin, he cannot fellowship with darkness. There is a place called hell for those who practice sin. And when you and I are tempted to walk in sin and practice sin and do something we know displeases God, we should have a fear of God in the moment that keeps us from that. And it's kind of similar to the first one. It's the very reason you and I don't let our children run across the road to get their ball. We instill a fear in them to say, son, daughter, don't do that because a car could come by and hit you. So I don't want you going near the road. I don't want you chasing your ball. If your ball goes across the road, I want you to come get mom and dad. I don't want you even thinking about crossing the road because of the danger and that's another healthy fear of God, is that you and I cannot trifle with this God. We cannot break his laws. We cannot hurt him. And so if we're tempted to do so, or, or doing so right now, we should have the fear that should cause us to repent and come back to God. 
And again, I think that's a fear that we're going to keep until we get to the other side. And I'm going to tie all these things up at the end, hopefully. But there, I think there are a couple unhealthy fears of God out there. And I think that's, first of all, John doesn't want us to have those fears at all. And uh, second of all, he has something greater for us. But here's a first unhealthy fear of God that I thought of. And this is a fear that I think is sort of base in mankind. When they think about God, generally they think about someone, some scary guy in the sky who's going to you know, zap them with lightning if they do something wrong. So the first unhealthy fear of God I thought of was the fear that God is, desires to destroy us or that he's impossible to please. The fear that God desires to destroy us or that he's impossible to please. If you know anything about God, that is not our God, is it? And the way you know that is because you remember Jesus. Jesus was sent to this earth so that God did not have to destroy us, so that he could save us. And he was willing to go to such lengths to have his son step in our place on the cross and die for our sins. And that's how you know God's love. And that's really what John 3.17 says. You don't know John 3.16. But John 3.17 says that God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but in order that the world might be saved through him, in order that God could love us. And there's an idea of a first unhealthy fear of God, is that God desires to destroy us, that he's sort of looking for us to fall and, tr- and trip. And when we do, he's, he's ready with swift condemnation. That's not God. Nor is it God that he's impossible to please, and therefore we can never be near him, we can never be with him, because it's kind of like a harsh parent or a taskmaster. That as soon, again, as soon as you slip up, they're going to crack you in the side of the head. Man, that is not God. That's not the tender, compassionate God that I've learned about. That's not the God in Scripture. So that's the first unhealthy fear of God that you and I should just not have. The second one is this. Fear of God as the end goal. For you and I should just always be scared of God. I think John is saying to us today, that's a wrong kind of love. Excuse me, that's the wrong kind of fear. God wants to cast that fear from us. Now, I do think there are two, at least, healthy fears. We mentioned those things. I think those things are necessary on this side of eternity because we are fallen creatures. We are tempted to sin. We are tempted to even rebel and apostatize from God. And those fears can keep us on the straight and narrow. But having fear as the end goal is not God's design. In fact, you can see from this passage, God is trying to replace fear with love. And that's really what I want to spend the rest of my time on, is that God is seeking to replace fear or fear of him with love for him and love from him. And that's really what John says, is that perfect love casts out fear. It's kind of like I mentioned before at the beginning of the podcast, when you and I understand that darkness is just literally the lack of light and that there's nothing scary in and of itself, we lose the fear of dark. Well, when we learn about God and we learn about his great love for us, the fear of God starts to become less and less and less. But the way that it happens is very interesting. John says it's through perfect love. Fear doesn't just get chased away or you just grow up in the Christian life and grow up in understanding and you lose fear. The way that you lose the fear of God is that you replace it with love for God. Because as John goes on to tell us, fear has to do with punishment. Fear has to do with punishment, and everyone who fears has not been perfected in love, because when we fear God, we're fearing the consequences of what God can do. 
And so by the, by the fact that we walk in love and abide in love, as John has been telling us through this entire book, what we're actually doing when we love God is we're replacing fear with love. Fear that God will punish us. John even says, so that we may have confidence on the day of judgment. So that one day you and I can stand before God in perfect love and the fear that he might punish us is gone completely. Boy, what a gift that would be. What a gift to stand before the holy, righteous God and for him to say, child, I love you completely, perfectly. And you love me. And there's no punishment. There's no fear of punishment today. I'm yours. You're mine. I've come into the kingdom that I've prepared for you. I want to be with you. I, I, I can't imagine that feeling, that, that thought that God would say such a thing to me. And it's a possibility. And the way that it's a possibility is that you and I abide in love. The way to keep fear and to have the bad fear is to continue to walk in error and sin and walk away from God. And it's obviously not what God is looking for. He wants you and I to walk in love. And by doing so, when we walk in love, we walk in obedience. And God and us are walking in perfect fellowship with one another. Now, I do think, I said before, I don't think the healthy fears of God could or should go away from us on this side of eternity because we're always apt to fall. We have a flesh. We have a struggle inwardly to walk correctly or walk incorrectly. And so the fear of God right now is a necessary tool that helps us in those times. If we're tempted to sin, if we're tempted to rebel, if we're tempted to walk away from God, the fear of God should come into our souls and say, you cannot do that. Remember God. Remember he's light. Remember he's almighty. Remember he's holy. Remember he cannot look at sin. So you and I abandon that that practice and we come back to righteousness. But on the other side, when you and I are perfectly completed, and that's the way I think, think about this is when we finish the race, like Paul did in 2 Timothy, he said, I fought the good fight. I finished the race. Therefore, laid up for me is a crown of righteousness. And I think Paul was reaching that perfect love. Paul was no longer scared of punishment from God because he had walked in such love with God. He loved God with his life and God loved him certainly. And Paul knew that. And the more that he walked in love, the less he feared God's punishment. So you and I, when we walk in love and do what John and God are telling us to do, is abide in love, do the two greatest commandments he's ever given us, which is, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. What God is actually doing for us by telling us that is actually chasing away the fear of punishment. And what he's actually doing is replacing it with confidence on the day of judgment. Isn't that a good thing to know? Isn't that great to know about our God that he's trying to replace fear of him with love for him and from him? Because perfect love casts out fear. And perfect love gives us confidence on the day of judgment. So how do we do it? How do we lose that fear? Completely, entirely, eternally? Love. Love the Lord. Walk in love. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. When you do that, obviously you know that God's love is passing back and forth from us to him. We are in perfect fellowship with him. And that's the idea is that you and I walk in the things that God has taught us to. And when we do, God is loving us purely, perfectly. And the fear of punishment, the fear of God is lessened. 
And all we have in that moment is love and fellowship with the God of the universe. And I don't know about you, but that's something that wells up in my soul. And I have a high view of God because I'm a pastor and I study the Word of God a lot. And I'm near God. But I need to know that God loves me and I love God. Even as a pastor, I you have to understand, I, I'm a fallen creature. And I'm apt to sin and I'm apt to be tempted and I'm apt to even rebel against my God. And I don't want to do that anymore. And I don't want the punishment, the consequences of doing that anymore. So the way to chase that all away is to love. To spend my life purposefully, offensively loving God and loving people. And when I do that, God's fear grows less and less and less. And the confidence gets more and more and more. And I want us to understand that today because... We need motivation, don't we? We need motivation to love. We need motivation to live the way God has called us to because, again, there's a sin struggle. There's a flesh who wants to be satisfied. And you and I can, if we're tapped into that, can say, you know what? I'd rather live for the flesh. I think the flesh has more to give me at this moment than God does. But when you and I know that what God is doing is he's setting up for us an eternal confidence, an eternal fellowship with him, an eternal peace, an eternal dwelling place with God, the flesh isn't that exciting anymore. It's not that tempting anymore. I don't want the things of this world compared to that. What I want is confidence on the last day. What I want is perfect love with the God who could destroy me. I want that God to love me and for me to love him and for me to be in perfect fellowship with his son And I hope you do too, because that's the entire point of what John is saying. By this is love perfected with us so that we may have confidence for the day of judgment, because as he is, so also we are in the world. There is no fear in love, for perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. Let you and I continue the path that God has put us on to walk in love toward him, toward our brothers and sisters in Christ, toward the lost, toward our enemies even, so that that fear can be replaced with perfect love and that you and I can gain an eternal confidence. Make that your ambition today. Get after love as as if it's the most important thing you could do because it is. It is. I hope this has been a blessing to you. Thanks for listening to the Wyoming Valley Church Podcast. Join us for worship Sunday mornings beginning at 1030. We're located in the Dolphin Plaza on Highway 315 in Wilkesbury. Learn more about us at wyomingvalleychurch.org. Wyoming Valley Church, a place where all are welcome.